With more than 60 episodes in the game, KP and PR are still dropping gems. Secrets continues to bring you the hot fire that you have grown to expect. Listeners describe Secrets as the ultimate receipt for motivating the underrepresented employee to be bold in achieving their career aspirations in corporate America. And season four will definitely not disappoint as they deliver secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to get your market value. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, put in that work to reach the top of corporate America. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance in your career. So fill up those cups and welcome to season four. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Secrets Today. Ricky, what's going on, my friend? Well, KP, man, we've received a few emails and messages via LinkedIn with some of our listeners just wondering, why in the heck have I been so silent this year as MLK Day came and went, you know, and then I held my tongue throughout all of Black History Month, and it was hard, okay? It was hard. (laughs) Let me tell you, it was difficult. But I absolutely have to speak up now. So we've had some invitations to speak on panels over the last month or so about the importance of diversity and inclusion and what employers can do to move the needle by way of hiring women and BIPOC individuals in their spaces. Honestly, we've been a bit hesitant about doing this at this point because we're just so careful about our brand and about being on the, as our sister Amber would say, that performative carousel, yeah, yeah, I like <laughs> right? That. To validate why we keep our third eye on to avoid being included in this nonsense of being pawns, right? Like we don't really want people to use us no. for this performative carousel. We have yet another example, though, of that playing out right before our eyes. Yep. <laughs> okay, like as much as we try to escape it, it's right here, right? It won't stop. And a few weeks ago, we had a group text message chain going like, and we were clowning, you know, going yep. back and forth, you know, around about whether or not the NFL would hire any black or other BIPOC individuals for any of the eight to nine head coaching positions that were out there. It's nine, Ricky, nine. <laughs> it was nine. And I hear you. And I honestly hate that we are right, we were right. Yeah, in this situation, I hate being right. That's right. right. And continue to be right when it comes to the litany of performative acts. But damn, if we did not call out this stuff last season in episode 52, you remember episode 52 was, why can't we just stop all this damn performative allyship? (laughs) And all of the craziness surrounding John Gruden. But here we are again. And it makes no damn sense at all when you think about it. So if you all are not aware of what we're talking about with the NFL, there was a head coach, head football coach for the Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores, who was just fired after having three seasons with the team, two of them winning seasons, including one playoff appearance. He was hired to turn around a team that hadn't had a winning tradition in over 30 years. Mm. Everybody was shocked by this move. By him getting fired, Flores was not on anybody's list of coaches on the hot seat, and he was building a winning organization. Didn't he win like seven, eight games in a row? Yeah, you know, yeah. They like started that. slow, and then they won like seven, <laughs> right. eight in a row. Got back on track and almost made the playoffs again, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And then Miami puts out this lame ass statement that Flores did not have a great relationship with the GM or their quarterback 
who is mediocre at best, <laughs> right? At the end of the day, you know, about why they fired him. And Flores ended up suing NFL for discriminatory practices. And at the end of the day, we all know that that's pretty much doomed his ability to get a head coaching job anytime soon. Yeah, and the situation with the NFL is just so disappointing. I mean, honestly discouraging, especially when you look at the structure of the league that starts unsurprisingly with their league ownership. Out of the 32 teams, 31 are white men and one Pakistani. Yeah, their ownership. Yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's crazy. So when you think about the percentage of BIPOC players in the league, versus how many BIPOC coaches are in the league, the comparison to me is so eerily similar to corporate America and the lack of diversity at all levels, right? It's scary. It's you scary. You know, when you really think it's about scary. it. And the difference here is that someone is courageous enough to expose the system, right? Yeah. And again, without the proof, it's almost like it didn't exist, right? And mm-hmm. we have a whole bunch of proof on this one. A whole bunch of proof on this one. <laughs> and this is why we continue to tell our Secrets Village that you are not crazy. By a long shot, you're at, not. At all. I mean, not only is there a lack of representation, but then when we do get an opportunity, we get put in these lame-ass jobs of having to turn something around mm-hmm. or something that we got to fix. Turning shit into sugar. All the time. <laughs> so we just got to continue to ask questions and push the envelope for answers about representation in the leadership roles you know the good news is i mean brian flores was recently hired by the pittsburgh steelers as a special assistant defensive coach whatever the hell that is Mm -hmm. but ironically by the way pittsburgh hedge coach is is the only (laughs) black coach right now in mike tomlin yeah yeah at the end of the day well lovey smith now just got hired by houston so that makes two well 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 well, (laughs) we got two in the question mark right in the asterisk right because there is one brother we can call it whatever we want to i know he hasn't recognized it yet but there's one more brother out there that's a head coach but he doesn't recognize as being black yeah he's human he's human that's what he said <laughs> so so look, here. so it took Get the brother man to be able to give the brother man That's right. an, opportunity, an opportunity, basically, right? Mm-hmm. So look, that just brings us to a very poignant conversation today, right? So in this episode, we're going to just take a moment to describe what we like to call the glass cliffed concept and how it impacts BIPOC and women. We will also share more examples of where this has happened to us in our careers and others that we know. We'll provide some receipts on how BIPOC and women are set up to fail when it comes to moving into leadership positions. And we will close out with a double dose of secrets today on how to avoid being in a potential glass cliff role or how to manage if you're in one. Mm -hmm. Okay, And then we'll talk about how organizations can provide real opportunity for leaders in their organizations. So, Keith, if you don't mind, just get us started off. What does the glass cliff even mean? Yeah, the glass cliff. And some people may not have heard of this term before, but the term glass cliff refers to a situation in which women and people of color are promoted to higher positions during times of crisis, duress, or during a recession when the chance of failure is more likely. Put simply, women and people of colors in these situations are just set up for failure because they're asked to 
turn stuff around that may be impossible yeah. to even turn around. Yeah. I mean, we can look in recent history and mm-hmm. see a lot of these things, whether it be the presidency when sure. uh, Barack Obama became the president. Yeah. You know, like all of these great recession. Of, we can talk about all of these times when you get your opportunity. So the term is derived from the term glass ceiling, which refers to an unseen and unspoken limit or on how high women can rise in an organization, Mm -hmm. right? So again, it's the glass ceiling. Promoting women and people of color gives companies someone to blame if they fail to pull the company out of its downward spiral. So we got to point the finger. You got to point the finger. You got to ask somebody. (laughs) Yeah, like this is why we don't, you know, when it happens. Now, the glass cliff effectively maintains the status quo because it can reinforce the harmful idea that women and people of color just can't lead. Can't lead. Don't have the skill set. Right, right. Or anything else. Yeah. Don't have that uh, that capabilities. And again, I mean, this is all a charade because companies look good when they promote women and BIPOC people to leadership roles. So even if they fail, the company still earns a reputation of being progressive. Right. We did it. You saw we did it. Right. <laughs> we did it. We got points on the board. Look at the score. Uh-huh. Look at the score, coach. And if women fail or people of color fail, especially for women, if they fail, companies are then free to reappoint males to their positions without reproach. We call this the savior effect. Oh, yeah. You know, so you didn't call the woman in to come clean the shit up. And then when they don't do well, you put a man back in there to come and save the day. Right, right. Everybody's memory gets short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Real fast. Look, Martin Lanick, CEO of Pensight, sums up the glass cliff up pretty nicely, actually. He says, in times of crisis, Companies don't want to risk the loss of who they believe to be their most valuable, high potential talent. White men, in tough times, they are more likely to sacrifice employees who they perceive as less valued and more dispensable, i.e. women and racial minorities. Boom. Thank you. Yeah, that's the same. Right, right. You just put a big exclamation point on that one. And Ricky and I have seen this glass cliff phenomenon in effect on numerous occasions. I know we've talked about the NFL already, but we got to pile on some more. Exactly. Here's a couple more receipts for you. Over the past 10 years, Ricky, there have been 71 head coach openings in the NFL. Hmm. White men have received 59 of those. <laughs> there have been 119 offensive coordinator roles open over the past 10 years, 107 of the 119 were filled by white men. And that 107 filled by white men ends up being the applicant pool for the head coaching the head jobs coaching when they job. come open. You got it. <laughs> and if it ain't the offensive coordinator, it's the defensive right, coordinator. Right. And there have been 100 defensive coordinator roles and 61 of those have been filled by white men. Mm-hmm. And even more insidious, one-third of the current coaches have at least one relative working for them who they promote through the system also. And so we wonder why coaches of color can't get opportunities. Or if they do get one, it's a shitty one. Uh, turn around the Dolphins. Turn around the, you know, the Jaguars. Turn yeah. around, mm-hmm. you know, whoever. Always the sorry squads. Always you know the I mean? sorry squads. Yeah, yeah. And, and want you to come in and perform miracles. The Browns. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, look— some of our listeners have never seen the Browns be good. Right. Some of our listeners have I don't never. Know if I have. <laughs> some of them have never seen the Jags be good. Do you know what I mean? Like, like so, one time in like 20, 30, 50 years. Yeah, yeah. 
We've seen this so many times in corporate America, right? Remember Marissa Mayer from Google? Mm -hmm. She was hired as CEO after Google had lost significant market share and was spiraling fast. Yeah, sure was. They were going down. Titanic speed. Mm -hmm. You know, they were going down like the Titanic. She was like the third CEO Google had in less than one year. Mm -hmm. Okay, leadership turnover was, was crazy. She was fired after not being able to change the company's trajectory as fast as critics thought she should. Though she was laying the foundation for growth. Yeah. Okay. She yep. was doing the hard work, doing the, the hard heavy work, lifting, the right? Heavy so then she's replaced by a white dude, and Google starts to take off. Mm-hmm. In essence, riding the wave of all of Mayer's hard work and labor. Yep. Okay. So it just kind of yeah. yeah, it kind of reminds me of when Tampa Bay fired Tony Dungy back in the day. After years of turning around a shitty team. And then they hired the infamous yes. John Gruden. There we go. Okay. Boom. <laughs> Who took the team to the Super Bowl the following year and won and got all the accolades. All the praise. Now, granted, Tony Dungy did get a chance to go somewhere else and win sure, you know, the, the Colts. Super Bowl. He did yeah, it with he, the Colts he, a few years later. He, but again, he obviously was a good-ass coach. He, he was. So, he was. Uh-huh. If he can do all that. Absolutely. That's right. And Ricky, I just, why is it? <laughs> that when a person of color or a woman gets promoted to lead a business, either the wheels are falling off or they get a business with one or two less zeros on that total revenue <laughs> line. You know, you go from being a VP or a director in a $10 billion business. Now you get asked to run a billion or a hundred million dollar business at the end of the day. But right? you got the title. But you got the title. <laughs> Y'all should be happy. You got the title. <laughs> right. That's right. We get the shittiest businesses or the smallest businesses and then get fed a BS line like this will give you an opportunity to cut your teeth before <laughs> moving to a bigger business. Right. Get out of here. <laughs> and as I reflect back on the few female and BIPOC leaders that I've known and who were able to land a PNL job or a chief role, every one of them lost at least one zero mm-hmm. on the size of their new business as compared to the size of the business they were in when they were a director or a first level VP, you know, prior to that promotion. And it happened to me too. I lost two zeros. Oh, jeez. And on top of that, had some of the initial job responsibilities that I was promised watered down to make other people feel comfortable. We go back to that fragility thing again, huh? Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, I mean, it's horrible, right? Yeah. Like, and again, we're not making this stuff up. You no. know what I mean? But, look, I appreciate what you're saying, but it also makes me think about the one that always gets me is the short memory mm-hmm. or the lack of grace scenario. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Meaning when you step into the role that you have earned, okay? You done busted your ass and did everything you needed to do to get this role. There is so much excitement that you have, right? You're going into it. You're like, ooh, I got so many dreams, hopes, aspirations on what you're going (laughs) to do, you know, and what you're going to accomplish in this role. And as soon as that happiness door closes behind you, like reality, you know, starts to uh, set in, right? That's when you realize, yeah, that's (laughs) when you realize how jacked up this opportunity in rabbit quotes here really is. Mm -hmm. You realize just how many fires you will have to put out. You realize the lack of resources, tools, and budget that you have to actually get the job done. And the kicker is your leadership team, your peers, 
And even your boss seemed to have a very short memory or a lack of grace for the effort, energy, or the timing that it will take to turn things around. Yes. Hello, Glass Cliff, right? <laughs> it's nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> it's how nice you doing? to meet you. How you doing and how your mama doing? Yeah. But look, man, the <laughs> impact, I know where we're talking about this stuff and we're telling you things from situations we've been in or stories that some of our community of practice tells us, mm -hmm. right? And it's not by accident. It's not by accident. The impact here is when a female leader or a person of color ultimately does not save a failing company function or business, they usually leave the company mm -hmm. and create more disruption. And if these individuals fail, it further reinforces the stereotypes that exist about women and people of color in leadership opportunities. Absolutely. People start whispering, say, I told you. Mm -hmm. That's why we don't. That's why we don't do this, because <laughs> uh -huh. right? it never works out. Uh -huh. Wonder uh -huh. why it don't work out, Ricky. <laughs> and the moral of the story in this whole thing is these glass cliff roles create unfortunate and impossible barriers in many cases for women and people of color to overcome in their organizations. And it can potentially cause great harm to our careers as well. Yeah, and our psyches. Right? And our you psyches, know? Like, right. so, so you start thinking about this, man. This stuff is another way of kind of keeping you afraid to achieve, you know, yes. kind of keeping your aspirations in check, Absol you know? Like, Absolutely. You know, again, so look, Absolutely. Keith, I know people think we've been making shit up. You know, I know they think we make this stuff up, man, and we're just being emotional. But this is probably my favorite part of what we do every week, right? Mm -hmm. Is this is the receipts. We're going to hit you with some of these receipts. So the receipts that we're going to share with you today are regarding the glass cliff in the workplace. Yeah. And receipt number one, Harvard Business Review, our old buddy. <laughs> we be wearing them out. <laughs> wearing them out. <laughs> Conducted two studies to test the validity of the glass cliff. Mm -hmm. In the first, they asked 119 college students to read two newspaper articles about an organic food company. The first article discussed the upcoming retirement of the CEO. They created two versions of the piece. In one, the company was currently and historically headed by men, and in the other, it was headed by women. They also created two versions of the second article, which dealt with the company's financial status, so that some students read about a company that was growing, others about one that was closing stores and laying people off. They then asked the students to choose between two equally qualified candidates for CEO, one male, and one female. When the company had been led by men and was doing well, 62% of the students who read that scenario chose the male candidate to be its next CEO. But when the male-led company was in crisis, 69% chose the female candidate. Come <laughs> clean up my mess. Right, right, exactly. That's right. And when the company had been led by women, there was no difference, actually. The glass cliff actually disappeared. As long as the company headed by men performs well, there's no perceived need to change its pattern of male leadership. Only if male leaders have maneuvered an organization into trouble is a switch to a female leader preferred. Ain't that some shit. Ain't that some shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, you read this, man. We're not making this up. Not making we're, it we're up. not making this up. That's why we've got these receipts. There's gonna always be a place for secrets here. Always. As long as as long as, long as stuff like this is happening, yes, right? Yes, yes. Look, receipt number two. The second experiment by Harvard Business Review was designed to test the hypothesis that attitudes about gender and leadership also help create the glass cliff. They asked 122 students to read an article about a supermarket chain that was either very successful 
or struggling badly. In both cases, the CEO was about to be replaced. The students read descriptions of male and female candidate and rated each one's strengths in 10 areas, some having to do with stereotypical female attributes such as communication skills and the ability to encourage others. Others with uh, stereotypical male ones such as competitiveness and decisiveness. Okay, now listeners, you see where we're going with this. They then asked which candidate they would choose as the next CEO. Harvard Business Review found that when a company is doing well, people prefer leaders with stereotypical male strengths. But when a company is in crisis, they think stereotypical female skills are needed to turn things around. Accordingly, most participants, 67%, chose the man to head the successful company, while the majority, 63%, you know, thought that the woman should take over the company in crisis. Here we go. I Here mean, we we're go. talking about the same thing That's again. Right. Two different experiments, two different, you know, studies mm-hmm. with the same result. With the same result. With the same result. Receipt number three. A study from two researchers at Utah State University found that the glass cliff phenomenon was prevalent for people of color also moving into leadership positions. And they write, as part of their study, minority leaders face challenges that begin at the point of promotion and go beyond underrepresentation. They are more likely to be appointed to struggling firms, thus creating greater obstacles to successful leadership than their male white peers. Mm. That was the headline from their research. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. Are we both having PTSD? Right. After after reading that? (laughs) I'm going back to some places and spaces that we've been (laughs) before, Ricky. (laughs) Exactly. Look, receipt number four. And that same study showed that 42% of women were appointed when a company was in crisis, whereas just 22% of the men ascended to CEO roles during crisis. Mm-hmm. So in essence, <sighs> the groundwork is laid for you to be a success if you're a dude. Yeah. Right, dude? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's like, hey, we're going to give you the easy path, Yep, the easier path to the top, give you all of this opportunity, and then for the others— we're going to put up roadblocks all the way. But, you know, this is goes right back to us talking about the things that you need to accomplish, like those seven, eight, nine, ten things that they want us to accomplish. Mm-hmm. When they're like, this is the proof. They're giving it to white men mm-hmm. with half the qualifications yeah, that they need. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And they're going from a struggling business to another a business that they most times than jacked up themselves, yep, right? Yep. But they're getting another opportunity to start again. Start again. Where it's like the female or the BIPOC yep. individual in that leadership role, mm-hmm. it's one and done, it's baby. It's a wrap. Yeah, it's, it's a wrap. one and done, baby. It's a wrap. If you can't turn this into sugar, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. And that exactly. stuff is going to follow you forever. Yeah. At yeah. the end of the day. Again, we're talking psychological and, and right. physical. These, That's right. These are the receipts. Because people are going to, look, the CEOs, they're going right. to call each other. Absolutely. They're going to call each other. I mean, Marissa Rare, she got paid. Trust me, she ain't going hungry, but still, mm-hmm. she ain't had another <laughs> CEO role. See, they mm-hmm. not a one. <laughs> <laughs> so look, man, it's painful you know, as it is to kind of go through some of those receipts. And as we start talking about the PTSD we have from some of the situations that we've been in, I think it's time for us just to hit them with these secrets. Okay. Mm -hmm. And today we'll have a double dose of secrets. First, we'll start out by providing four secrets on how to avoid or manage a glass cliff roll. 
Number one, do your homework. Number two, tap into your personal board of directors. Number three, define what success will look like. And number four, be okay with saying no. Mm -hmm. Those are all good. And that first secret, do your homework. Again, before you say yes to a promotion or these opportunities, do your research, do your homework, research and learn as much as you can about the financial health of the company and its business units. Stay up to date on any market insights and industry trends. All of that stuff can help you calculate the level of risk that you're actually walking into. So talk to people, figure it all out. (laughs) And don't just say yes, because you're getting that title or getting that extra piece of coin in your pocket without understanding the level of risk that you're actually walking into. Yeah. Minimize the surprises, right? Because at the end of the day, we're talking about your health. We're talking about your livelihood. It's really not about this job. As we tell our, um, our coaching clients, it's about that next job, next job, (laughs) you know, this is going to set you up for something. And we're looking at the receipts, and That's it's right. usually setting you up for failure. Could be setting you up for failure. <laughs> you know, We've fallen off the cliff. Exactly, exactly. Look, secret number two, work that personal board of directors. Tap into your network to ask for guidance and insight about the opportunity itself. Especially try to talk with colleagues within the business that you're being tapped to lead. Yes. Okay. That's right. Talk to the people who are leaving. That's like, right. Why are you leaving? Why are you leaving? <laughs> like, That's what, right. And a lot of times you'll find that someone was offered the role and they didn't want it. Mm-hmm. So you need to find out why didn't you want it? Exactly. That's <laughs> right. And don't just focus on the top level to talk to because they may be lying to right, you. Right. Find some people that are actually down below doing mm-hmm. some of the work, doing yep. some of the dirty work and, and really know what's going on in business to figure mm-hmm. out what am I really getting myself into here? Secret number three for individuals, ask how success will actually be defined when you walk into that role. Get absolute clarity on how your success will be measured and then document it so that there's no room for some BS later, right? And on top of that, make sure that your total compensation includes hazard pay for what you're about to step into (laughs) if you're about to walk into a bad situation at the end of the day. So having those clearly defined, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, it may not be that you have to turn the business around, but you may only have to make some progress. Yeah, yeah. But you still want people to understand that. Yeah, you might need to make meaningful progress. You might need to put foundation in place. Right. You know, some of those things. Because again, trust me, they know it's bad when you get it, And then they realize how bad it is when you start turning over uh, stones, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes that triggers that memory loss. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yep. You know, quit telling us how bad it is. Right, right. I'm only affirming what you already knew. That's right. No, you're kind of messing it up. It wasn't this bad when we gave it to you. Exactly, exactly. Look, secret number four, be okay with saying no. Yep. Okay. I mean, that's internally and externally. Be okay with saying no. Not every opportunity or promotion is a good one. You know, take your ego out of the equation. Sometimes it is better to turn down a risky opportunity than wreck your career trying to turn shit into sugar. Right. You know, like playing dominoes when they say all money ain't good money. Mm -hmm. This is is what that means right here. All money ain't good money. That's true. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, what is it going to cost you? I know we had spoken in previous times about the cost of leadership. Yep. This right here is one of those things right here. That's right. Put your third eye on. Exactly. So <laughs> be Keep careful. your head on the swivel. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's talk about what an organization can mm-hmm. do to provide real opportunities for women and BIPOC leaders 
So we have three secrets that we'll share that organizations can use. Mm-hmm. So, Pierre, I want you to go ahead and share the first one. Look, secret number one, recognize it and name it. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you see glass cliff situations happening, it's important to call it out and then provide education to those in leadership about those biases and potential negative outcomes. Mm-hmm. Review your promotion practices and your succession plans. Yeah. Right. Because again, you're saying on the succession plan, you could say, you know what, that person is ready now. Right. Okay. But we're going to give them this little position. You know, to, mm-hmm. and you know it's a glass cliff position, right? But right. it's a it's supposed to be a, a bit of a holding spot. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Once or they get in there, and now it's all jacked up. Now you're like, I'm gonna move them on a succession plan. They're really not ready now. I'm starting to kind of have doubts, mm-hmm. and they're probably gonna be ready in two to three. Again, we talk about the generational wealth, right? By you doing this, by by you putting somebody That's in a right. glass cliff situation, you could be causing potential turnover, Absolutely. and you could be damaging their their net worth. Yeah. You know all yeah. of that type of stuff. Absolutely, their generational wealth. They're losing their a lot of zeros. Exactly as we talked about. <laughs> That's it. right, losing a lot of zeros. Secret number two that organizations can implement is promote and develop talent from within. Mm-hmm. So building on what Ricky was just talking about, if you have a female or a BIPOC superstar in one of your larger business units, keep them there. Given the leadership development required to name them a leader within that business right. and then give them the resources to succeed. There's no need to shift them, shift us to a smaller, shittier unit to be a leader. We can lead in the organization and bring our knowledge and talents to the big game, too. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no reason why you have to haze people, right? (laughs) you know, testing them, giving them the shitty job, you know, prove your loyalty or prove that you can do this, that, and the other. When you, like, nobody wants to go somewhere and fail. Right. I don't think anybody's like, man, I can't wait to get that job so I can fuck it up. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody is saying that, (laughs) you know? Yeah, they're like, man, I want to go in here and and do well, right? I want to go in here and do well. Mm -hmm. So look, The final secret, number three here for us, is be honest and transparent. Now, I know this is a doozy, okay? Be honest and transparent is we can stop there. We could probably do a show just on that. Just on that. (laughs) But if you are hiring someone into a difficult situation, be honest about it. Yeah. Okay? Don't try to hide the dysfunction and the concerns. It's better for both sides to be clear-eyed about what is really going on. What is under the hood? What is under the hood? What is under the tent? Like, That's right. like let people know because again, I get it. You want to talk people into the job, sure, but they're gonna feel disrespected and they're gonna feel some kind of way. That's okay, right. because you didn't sold them a bill of goods. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you no, know? and you and I both have been there. Yeah, been I, there. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, you might be loyal in a relationship. But being loyal to a job is a real choice. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, being loyal sure to a job is a real choice. Mm-hmm. You know, it and sure this is. and this is it. If you come in and you feel like they weren't honest or transparent yeah. with you. What else you're not honest about? Yeah. I'm gonna start looking at you and asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you just start to, yeah, expecting the worst. You know when somebody come to you. Instead of them saying, hey, Keith, you did a good job. Every time they come to you, they get, they saying something bad. Yeah. They saying something to Some you. Some slick. Yeah. So here it is. This is the thing. Be honest and transparent because when someone feels like you you weren't honest, mm-hmm. every time you come to them, you're be like, okay, what else they about to hit me with? Well, yeah, exactly. And, and you're like, I didn't create this mess. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> I right. create this. And you got me doing all this stuff. So these are all some, some great secrets. Hopefully uh, you got something out of those. Mm-hmm. And you can find more resources on these secrets and the receipts we shared earlier by going to our website, 
secrets.com, looking in those show notes that Janelle always cracks out for us because there's some good resources in there. So keep clicking on those things. I'm telling you. Hey, this is a really, really good episode. I'm glad we had this discussion. Mm -hmm. You know, like this right here is something that you and I talk about all the time. We see a lot of our friends on LinkedIn and with other uh, publications writing about this. So it's like, hey, we need to talk about this too, right? So I want to give a shout out first off to all of our listeners and fans out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are just blessed. I mean, we appreciate you all making recommendations for episodes, you know, talking to us about, hey, can you get this person on the show? You know, hey, can you do this for us? So look, you've made all this possible. Our listenership has grown by over 10 X in the past year, just because of you guys, mm-hmm. right? So we mm-hmm. appreciate that. Help your brothers out by writing a review on Apple or Spotify, joining our LinkedIn group, and commenting on our post on all of your favorite social media channels, all of that stuff. And send us some pictures of you in that gear. Yeah, yeah, do that, <laughs> do that. Again, and yeah, check that merchandise out. Go to the goods tab on our website to check out our latest gear. We're continuing to up our game all the time, add more designs. Yep, yep. Now we got some Divine Nine products, LGBTQ plus pride designs, hot fire yep. designs. Is selling, selling. That hot fire design is selling. <laughs> it boy. is, it is. People clean. have been selling us some pictures about that. As y'all know, Ricky and I are also locked in on helping you get that coin and get your seat at the table. We are happy to provide personal coaching services, provide training to your organizations, be on panels. However, you need us to show up, we want to be there because we are trying to bust it all down. Yeah, yeah. Look, the revolution <laughs> is being televised. That's right. Okay, so. make sure you understand that. Now, look, as we close this episode, we want to remind you that you ain't crazy. You, ain't you crazy. are not crazy. Yes. The glass cliff is real and part of the system designed to hold you back. Okay. And speaking of glass, our cups are on empty and need to be filled back up to the rim, my brother. They sure do. So look, I just want to tell everybody, thank you so much for listening to Secrets. And remember, when we share, you transform. Peace, everybody. Out. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed yet another gem from KP and PR. In fact, one listener said that Secrets continues to share the inside story on how to truly accomplish your corporate ambitions, and we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please subscribe to our podcast, share with friends, donate via Patreon, and sign up for our executive coaching services. Check us out at www.c-crets.com to get more information about our secret services. Remember, when they share, you transform. Until next time, cheers!